From the Financial Times in London, I'm Clive Cookson and this is FT News. In 1987, the Montreal Protocol banned the use of industrial chemicals called CFCs that were used in refrigeration, aerosols and a wide range of consumer products because of the damage they were causing to the ozone layer that protects life on Earth from harmful ultraviolet radiation. Now, almost 30 years later, there is hard scientific evidence that the ban is working and that the ozone hole is shrinking. With me in the studio to discuss the findings is the FT's environment correspondent, Polita Clark. Hello, Polita. Hi, Claire. So tell us about the latest encouraging research on the ozone hole. Who did it and what did it show? Well, it was done by a group of researchers from several institutions, but the lead author was Susan Solomon, who's an atmospheric chemist from MIT. And she was actually one of the earliest researchers to identify the risk that CFCs posed before the so-called hole in the ozone layer was even identified in the early 1980s. So having identified that and her work being used as a basis for the 1987 Montreal Protocol, this having been done, there was always a big question mark about whether actually doing this was going to produce any sort of result. And what their research showed is that, yes, in fact, they discovered the seasonal thinning in the ozone layer had actually shrunk by an area about the size of India since 2000. So this was the first time that we'd seen any sort of firm evidence that the reduction in use of CFCs was having an impact. And as well as discovering that the hole was shrinking, they also discovered that it was taking about 10 days longer to form every year. And they also showed, didn't they, that... This improvement in the ozone hole, this healing, as they put it, was due to phasing out CFCs rather than other atmospheric effects like volcanoes and other things. We both have the shrinking, as you've described, and we have the proof that the Montreal Protocol did the good deal. So looking back on the 1980s, it seems amazing, doesn't it, that that international treaty was agreed so fast after the evidence emerged. How was that achieved? Yeah, it is absolutely fascinating considering that the actual hole itself was only identified in around 1985 and then we had an international conference in 1987 where virtually every country in the world said, yes, we'd better stop using these CFCs. That treaty then, the Montreal Protocol, came into effect only two years later And this was done at a time when we had Margaret Thatcher, Prime Minister of Britain, and Ronald Reagan, President of the United States, two conservative leaders whose conservatism was a hallmark of their leadership. And so, of course, in today's terms, one might wonder how this happened. Margaret Thatcher, in her earlier youth, was a research chemist and was, in fact, very much not just a believer in climate change. She understood the science and was an early adherent of the idea that it needed to be tackled. Ronald Reagan was advised, reportedly by his aides, that this was going to be a menace for industry and he was heavily lobbied, apparently. And in fact, if you go back and look at the media coverage at the time, you see papers like the Wall Street Journal and other influential media organisations running comment pieces and stories suggesting that, you know, how could it be that humans were causing anything like this? And you may, of course, wonder if there are echoes of that with another big environmental issue, i.e. climate change. But it's said that Ronald Reagan had skin cancer himself and was therefore willing to look at this in a slightly different way than he might otherwise have. But in any case, both of them supported this and it went through with what we might today regard as relative speed. And how did the industry 
react because today the oil and fossil fuel industries are definitely dragging their heels on climate change. How did the big chemicals companies react to phasing out their CFCs? Well, there was some resistance on the part of some companies at the time, but crucially, they knew that they could relatively easily come up with a replacement chemical for CFCs, which they duly did. So there was certainly concern among companies that it was going to be financially disadvantageous to them, but there was not quite as much concerted lobbying on the part of the companies as we've seen with the fossil fuel groups today, I would say. Okay, well, let's move on to the vastly more complicated issue of climate change. Can the Montreal Protocol teach us anything about reducing carbon emissions? Well, I think one thing it shows very clearly is that if you have the leaders of the United States' largest economy in the world and Britain and others, these other large economies, if the leaders of those countries are very willing to take an issue like this by the horns and make sure that it gets pushed through, then it happens. With climate change, of course, this has not happened. But I would say that that is partly because, you know, the world's economies were not driven by the use of CFCs in the way that they are by the use of coal and gas and oil. You know, the fact is that we've taken generations and trillions of dollars to build up a fossil fuel super system of coal mines, oil fields, power utilities that depend on these fuels. Dismantling and replacing that is incredibly expensive. There are a lot of interests that would be damaged by doing this. And there are many people, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates among them, who say that the current crop of technologies that humans have come up with to replace fossil fuel power generation alone really aren't up to scratch. They're pretty feeble. You know, wind powers don't work on a calm day and the solar panels don't uh, generate electricity at night. So there's a mix of reasons why... Climate change is a much more difficult and complex problem to tackle than the hole in the ozone layer. But tackling CFCs, phasing them out, has had some impact on climate change, hasn't it? I remember they were once regarded as an entirely separate issue. But CFCs are powerful greenhouse gases. Not having them around any longer has helped the fight against climate change, hasn't it? Yes, quite substantially, scientists say. But the problem is that one of the side effects of the Montreal Protocol was that companies quickly turned around and said, don't worry, we've got HFCs. These are another chemical that can easily be used as a refrigerant and aerosols and take over the role of the CFCs. However, of course, they are very potent greenhouse gases themselves, and their use has risen quite markedly to the point that in some regions, the EU, for example, which have brought down their overall greenhouse gases quite markedly over the last 14 or 15 years, HFC use has actually grown and they are, in fact, a rising greenhouse gas. Well, let's hope that we can get some action on HFCs to match the action on CFCs 30 years ago. Many thanks, Polita. Thanks, Claire. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.